everyone, welcome to another edition of the Final Down NFL podcast with me, Jim. Don't for Dave and Punk Radio here to talk about the NFL boys. How are we doing? Every Ooh. single episode last year, Jim would do his intro and Punk, you'd try and talk over him and put him off and Jim would have to mute it down. You haven't done that so far this year. And it's well, really maybe, disappointing. May, maybe there's a reason for that. Who you knows? Get, started we yet. will see. We're nearly um, there. We're nearly there. Say we're, we're all pretty good. We're doing okay. Excellent. Excellent. Well, this week, boys, we're going to be doing the big one, the AFC, the one North, South, matters. East and West. The one, yep. We started off with the hors d'oeuvre, which was the NFC. Now we're going for the main course. Um, same rules still apply three minutes per team, even hours. Uh, it's going to be difficult, but we're going to try and squeeze it all in. Um, we have the famous buzzer to tell us when three minutes is up, and we will endeavour not to go over that. Um, you will. So I won't. So we are going to start with the North, as we did last week, and that's of course the AFC North. And we're going to start with the team that finished first with a ten and seven record. The Super Bowl losers worked on the O line in free agency with the additions of Alex Kappa, Ted Karras, and Leo Collins. In the draft, it was the secondary that was the focus. Safety, Dax Hill in the first round. Cornerback, Cam Taylor, Britt in the second. Free safety, Ricardo Allen retired, playing all but two games of his career in Atlanta, but did get some playtime in the Super Bowl. Allen's already hooked up with Mike McDaniels, the special teams coach in Miami. Coach in Miami. Guys, what we think about the the Bengals this year? Obviously, we knew what their deficiencies were. Uh, They were plain to see, but they still made it all the way to the Super Bowl. Going to be better this year, right? Bengals Uh, are an interesting one. Go on, I'll let you go, Dave. I'll sum it up really simply. Um, we're only one year removed from um, from uh, Joe Burrow getting an absolutely devastate, devastating injury. So he still needs to ensure that he stays fit for this team to be successful. They've shored up the offensive line, which is great, but he is the key to this entire franchise. End of. I like the Cincinnati Bengals. I like what they're doing. I like what they've done. They've seen the obvious gaps and filled them. My concern is, and this is the same concern that you will have with any Super Bowl losing team, that they end up on a bit of a slide. They think, oh, well, we nearly made it. We did well. We weren't expected to. And teams just, you know, they drop 2%. Other teams play up 2%. That creates enough of a gap where they don't win as many games, etc., etc. You know, when you look at the run from last year, slightly removed, the Bengals were actually quite lucky in a lot of their games. Um, you know, as you said, the fact- <laughs> I'd be accused well, yeah, of no, no. if I said it. They, they, they absolutely were. I mean, not not just necessarily in the playoffs, but during the regular season as well. Are they, you know, there are were they a few- lucky? Are they lucky or was it because they've got a difference maker? Well, no. One one of the reasons they were lucky is that they left their difference maker in the game and almost got him knocked out for the entire postseason on stupid plays. So, you know, there are there are things that can still be improved with the Bengals, but, you know, they're not going to fall off that far that they're going to end up like the Browns. So... You if know, we go back I to think... last week's, if we go back to last week's episodes, the one thing that we mentioned is that the, I mentioned that the Vikings lost a lot of very close games, and you quite rightly said, "Well, is Kirk Cousins going to be able to take you over that next step?" Joe Burrow can do that. So the close games that you have, he is the X factor. So as long as they retain him, and you know he's able to to make them that much better. Yeah, but you also have to outscore the opponents. So you know, is this defense going to hold up? to what will be a tougher division this year than it was last year. In some respects. 
They've Maybe. got one hell of an offense. Great receivers, no yeah. tight end, but a great running back. And he's a tight end best now. Quarterback because Azama's the, gone to the Jets. Thankfully, the buzzer stops. I, I was going to tell you, Dave, but the uh, the buzzers hit us there. Yeah, so we have to I'll move on to the second the team in the AFC North, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger and Stefan Tuitt have both retired. Devin Bush didn't get his fifth-year option picked up. They gave Minka Fitzpatrick a new contract. That's four years, $73.6 million with $36 million guaranteed. That makes him the highest-paid safety in the league, $1 million a year above Jamal Adams. Dante Johnson ended his hold-in with a two-year $36.71 million contract extension as the current wide receiver one. They brought in Mitch Trubisky and James Daniels from Chicago, Miles Jack from Jacksonville, and Mason Crawford from Minnesota. They also scooped Levi Wallace from the Bills at corner to replace Joe Hayden, whose contract expired. There's also a newish GM with internal candidate Omar Khan taking over from Kevin Colbert. Khan has been part of the Steelers for the um, last 21 years, so it's not really a shocking signing. Uh, but yeah, we're going to see what happens to a team that went 9-7-1 and one and scraped into the playoffs uh, with a brand new quarterback. We have no chance of, of seeing what we had before. It's now over the cliff, into the abyss, and um, yeah, it's kind of scary but interesting at the same time. Last, last I heard... Um... Your head coach was doing the uh, interview after the last preseason game you played, and Tomlin was yep. saying that you were going to look in depth and try and figure out exactly who you know who the best option was and do due, due, due diligence and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, has a decision formally been made yet? Uh, well, I think unless Trubisky played really badly, then it was his to lose for week one, okay. and he hasn't Trubisky's played badly. Trubisky is the week one starter without any shadow of a doubt. There's there's okay. no competition and, there at all. And Jim, as our residential expert, um, despite <laughs> the fact that I tend to get everything right that you do in the draft, just saying, um, when when's the transition going to happen? Because it will happen this season. Yeah, it's going to be difficult for Mitch because pretty much like after the first drive of the first game, fans are going to be asking, when is uh, Kenny going to be playing? Uh, when's he going to be starting? So when's so, it going to happen? Well, it, it depends. It's not... It's not the easiest of starts. Um, we've got the Bengals away in our first game, but then we've got the Patriots at home, the Browns away, and the Jets at home. So I three can see us getting games. three very winnable games. Yeah, and then you've got, you've got a tough run. You've got the Bills, Bucks, Dolphins, Eagles after that, which I expect us to lose. So it all depends on what the organization wants to do. Obviously, they've drafted Kenny Pickett as a round one pick, but he wasn't a top 10 or anything like that. So they, there's not as much pressure to start him if Mitch is doing okay if the, oh I you know, think there will be I think there will well, be there, there will be right some now. quarters but you know I'm just happy that we're going to have at least a serviceable yeah. quarterback there it's not uh, going to be a case of being a really at bust. the end of the I think day there's a bust there. at the end of the, at the end of the day this Steelers team should be better than they were last year the only problem you've got yeah. is the quarterback you've yes. got a better running game your running game's fine you've got some decent receivers if not great receivers your O-line's a bit near yeah, but you know, it, you can probably do enough to keep it going. Your defense is world class. So, you know, at the end of the day, you, you want to be looking on a par with last year. I've gone 10 seconds over. I don't care. One thing to mention on as my well, team, um, you get Minka to go. Fit, Mick yeah, well, I didn't get to say not. anything for the first two and a half minutes. That's <laughs> true. Mick Fitzpatrick is not highest paid safety. Um, Derwin James is now. Oh, did you just get over there? Sorry. Okay. And you've just picked up a uh, linebacker from the Broncos as well. Yeah, 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 it's not important. Um, right, we're going on to the Browns now. Reset the timer. The Cleveland Browns. 
The Browns did pay former first-round tight end pick David Njoku a four-year, almost $57 million extension. Not sure why. They brought back Jadeveon Clowney for another year. Thanks very much for that. They got Amari Cooper from the Cowboys for just a fifth-round pick. They got Jakeem Grant from, the, from Miami. They drafted the kicker in the fourth round. Chase McLaughlin was released despite a good year. But the big news, of course, is that the final official punishment for Deshaun Watson comes in at just 11 games and a $5.6 million fine, which means that, of course, he's back for the game against Houston. Don't really care about anything else that's happened to the Browns this year. I know I don't want us to go into a big, like an hour-long podcast about Deshaun Watson, but um, Dave, what do we think is yeah. going to happen to the Browns now we know the situation? Well, every team at some point in their history has signed a player with a checkered past. Every team's done it, and some teams have picked up multiple players. <laughs> However, the Browns have gone out of their way to sign a man who's been accused by twenty-four women of sexual misconduct. At least, um, and his well, at least, and has settled twenty-three of those. Um, he's been banned, as you say, for eleven games and fined five point six million by an independent judge as well. Um, and this isn't and just any ordinary player being signed by a franchise after some legal trouble. This is the Cleveland Browns making a man the face of their franchise, the focal point of the entire organization, and also giving him almost a quarter of a billion dollars, fully guaranteed. More than that, the Browns have structured it in such a way that if he did receive a fine in his first year, he'd only forgo a million dollars worth of the money. So as far as I'm concerned, the scumbags can keep each other and I hope they lose every game for the next 20 years. So as Macbeth said to Hamlet in a Midsummer Night's Dream, f*** the Cleveland Browns and f*** the Sean Watson. They <laughs> <laughs> could say that actually, yeah. So check in Shakespeare. Uh, Punk, go on, let's have your, your two pennies, please. Uh, the Browns are dead to me. I agree with everything Dave just said. Yeah, I, I literally cannot. People think like, I hate the Chiefs and it's a bit of friendly stuff. I admire the Chiefs as much as I hate them. I, I despise the Browns for what they've done. Yeah. And the fact is the Browns owners sat, and I know I'm going, going on a rant and I apologise. The Browns owners had the cheek to sit in a press conference, listen to all of the accusations, every bad thing that he did and then go, Oh, but he's a damn fine footballer. Like that gives, like that means a job. Screw the Browns, as far as I'm concerned. And every single time we do the predictions, I'm betting a hundred nil against. Them. I hate the Browns. Well, this might this might well backfire. I mean, he hasn't played for a couple of years. I hope it does. When he gets back, he's no, there's no guarantee he's going to be the same to Sean Watson he was. He's going to be hounded, hopefully, every single stadium, Good. including this home one. Um, so yeah, I used to feel sorry for the Browns. Now I utterly despise. Maybe not the fan base so much, but still, yeah, that all. No, I, I feel sorry for them. All the I feel time. sorry for them. Yeah, absolutely. Because what's happened is they're basically being forced to either support a a, a deviant like to Sean Watson, who has shown no contrition at all. You know, no, that's the worst or, thing about them. Or, or you know, go and find another team. Yeah, and, we've got yeah. to move on, though. We've got to move on. Um, to the final team in the AFC North, and that is the Baltimore Ravens. And really, let's face it, the only story here is that Lamar Jackson is refusing to sign a contract extension. Um, with Lamar representing himself rather than using an agent, no deal has been completed, which means that he's likely to play this year as his fifth-year option, which will pay him just over $23 million this season. The Ravens will have to place the franchise tag on Jackson to keep him from becoming an unrestricted free agent. So it's a mess. It's certainly not a situation that is often found with a, a franchise quarterback because typically an agent will step in and they'll be talking for a long time. Um, Jackson's gone the other way, backing himself, a bit like what Dak did 
with the Cowboys, but I, I don't know, Punk. What do you think about what's going on there with uh, with Lamar? It, it it is a bit of a weird one, like you say. It's, it's not very often that you get this situation where a franchise quarterback will just take all of this upon himself. Um, I don't think it's a very good idea, personally. Um, I think you know he, his mind will probably end up being more in his contract than it will on the field at some point, um, or at least that's the way it will be portrayed if he plays badly. Um, Overall, I think the Ravens are going to be better than last year. I think they'll fly under the radar a little bit. Um, they they were probably the one team uh, in the NFL last year that had more injuries than anybody else. Um, they were absolutely decimated. So, you know, as players come back, as they drip back onto the field, um, they will be a lot stronger outfit. Now, whether the Lamar thing becomes a bit of a, distraction um time will only tell i do think eventually they'll get some kind of deal done if i'm honest um but you know it's not something you really wanted hanging over you going into the season ideally you'd want all those contract talks wrapped up uh, earlier um you know they've obviously lost their number one receiver in marquise brown who went well, to notice Arizona. Arizona. I don't know, but... yeah well that's it i mean you know again it, it in theory, you, you say it like that and you think, well, how's the team going to cope without a receiver? But with the amount of running plays that this team has and the different looks that they can give you out of running uh, stances, then you, know, you kind of think, well, I don't really know what the Ravens are, apart from a very good running football team. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, that, honestly, I think a double-digit win team maybe, but we'll see. Like stretch. We'll see. And with that, Dave not being able to put anything into there. Dave uh, doesn't talk about the Ravens either. Yeah. <laughs> I just the only thing I'd say is, as a former MVP, he's in a yep. strong position to negotiate. That's it. Yes, he is, but he's a very unique style of quarterback. He's taken a hundred more hits than any other QB um, over Indeed. the last five years. And his performance is wavered over the past. Uh, last season was his worst year as well, but that's probably he was why they for a lot of it. Well, that's why they're at an impasse. So, as we do with every division, we say, is there going to be any massive change, you think, in the, in yeah, the turnout? Yeah, Browns going to lose 17 games. <laughs> I, do, I, I, I don't agree the Browns think... are going to lose a hell of a lot of games. Yeah, yeah I, I agree the Browns will lose a lot. I don't think they'll lose all 17, regardless yeah. of our wishes. I think, I think the Bengals probably edge out the Ravens, but... You know, really, really, if if your defense can come to play every single game and you can avoid a load of injuries, you know, you you could turn into into a bit of a surprise package. That's what I'm hoping for. I, I don't. <laughs> the thing is, I don't see it. as a team who's had trash at quarterback for the past five years. It's so difficult without an elite player at you know the most in position, most important singular position in sport to have any great impact if you can brilliant you know you, you you kind of came close to it a few years ago when you had uh, mason and duck um at quarterback they're just but... wasting time well you're just just fishing now aren't you no you're talking no, about I, I trash for five be... years at quarterback no the broncos oh the no, bron- as, a, what? as the supporter of a team who's had trash oh, that's what i'm saying as as the broncos yeah. supporter i know we'll how get to them Trubisky yeah, needs to be a game manager, not lose games, mm-hmm. and let That's the running all he team and do. not yeah. the defense win the games. That's yeah. what needs yeah. to happen in Pittsburgh. But exactly. last year, Pittsburgh were allergic to running the ball. 
you had Ben throwing it forward. We did well because it was Ben's team, and this year we have no Ben, and we have Matt Canada hopefully able to um, install his kind of game plan, which is much more running. Yeah, we're gonna. (laughs) That's not how it goes. Um, I I think the Browns will finish bottom of this division, so that'll give uh, the Ravens a step up from where they finished instead. But we're going to move on to the South. And we're going to start with a team that finished top of the division. That was the Tennessee Titans. That loss to the Bengals in the first stage of their playoff wins was a stinger. Lost a couple of guards in Roger Saffold and David Questenberry, who've both gone to Buffalo. Also linebackers Rashawn Evans and Jayon Brown have moved on. Then on day one of the draft, they traded their number one wide receiver, AJ Brown, to the Eagles for the 18th pick to get Traylon Burks from Arkansas. They've signed Rams odd man out Robert Woods to hopefully do better than Julio Jones managed last season. They brought in Austin Hooper from the Browns, so their number one tight end from last season, Anthony Ferks, has been shipped off to Atlanta. They also drafted Malik Willis to put some potential pressure on Tannehill to get some playoff wins this time around. Dave, Tennessee seems fairly sewn up in that division at the moment, but um, what can we expect? Can we expect yeah. anything better from them in the postseason? Uh, I think for them, again, it's key. Keep Derek Henry fit because they look like a completely different team when they lost him last year. And they listen, they still won games because they're in a trash division. They still won games and got to the playoffs, but it was obvious in the playoffs that Henry wasn't fit. Um, and they're a different animal when he is. Um, it, we can go back to teams that have had those kind of bell car- carrier run- running backs previously when AP was at um, the Vikings. They were a different team with him in. Um Exactly the same here. If they can keep him fit, it makes them stronger across the board. They can run the clock better, manage the clock better. But I, they just don't feel as strong as they were last year. With just there, there's just a few signs they're starting to creak, isn't it? A little it's, bit. It's, it's like you know, Tannehill's that little bit older. Didn't play great in the playoffs last year. You know, how many times is Derek Henry going to have to carry the team before someone else steps up? Um, I, I still think. You're right, because the division in, they're in, they're still going to compete for the um, division title. But, you know, a little bit like in Cleveland, you kind of wonder when Tannehill might start feeling the footsteps of Willis behind him and how how much of an appetite will there be to, to if Tannehill well, has a bad game in the first four games, you know, three I interceptions, one touchdown. I think are they going to want to make a change? Because... Malik Willis was a third round pick. Tannehill has been winning games. Um, you know, he's not been losing games. Um, but also people have short memories. True. And the last game he but, played, he was dreadful. But also Malik Willis in, in preseason, they've already already had a look at him, and it's obvious he's not just quite ready yeah. yet. So I think no, I, I agree internally within the team. Um, I agree with you. I don't think there are, are, are noises within the team, but it's amazing how quickly a fan base can can sway yeah. a a team's ownership or coaching staff if and when they start making a lot of noise in a stadium that they want to change. Maybe, so, but I think I'm not saying wrong, it will happen. I'm just saying there are signs that possibly this this isn't quite the Tennessee team that we've seen over the last few years. And when you take out their best wide receiver and replace it with a, a rookie, we don't know what Trenberks is going to do. Um, he you know, had some issues. Yep. And that's the buzzer. So on to the 9-8 and eight Indianapolis Colts, missing out on the playoffs after seemingly being a shoe-in didn't sit well with owner Jim Irsay. Carson Wentz was yeeted almost instantly. They brought in veteran Super Bowl one-time attendee and full-time cheese string Matt Ryan to have a better outcome this season. They also got 2017 Super Bowl winning QB Nick Foles to be the backup. Maybe they think it is 2017. They gave Stefan Gilmore a two-year $20 million contract with $14 million guaranteed to play for them. They did lose right guard Mike Lewinsky to the Giants, safety George Odom to the Niners, 
and defensive end Al Qadim Mohammed to the Bears. And Rocky Arsene to the Raiders. Rocky Arsene to the Raiders, but they got in okay. Yannick Ngokwe in that trade. Um, so, Punk, what do you think about the Colts this year? Are we uh, enthusiastic? I'm, I, I think the Colts are the one team in this division that will push the Titans. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Matt Ryan does with that offensive line in front of him. Because um, although you guys don't particularly like Matt Ryan, I've always thought he's actually quite a good quarterback. So, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting for them. Obviously, they have Jonathan Taylor, who is the best running back in the league currently. Um, so, you know, there's a great run game in place to help him out. Um, Derek Henry coming back from injury for the Titans, AJ Brown gone, you know, this is, this is the chance for the Colts to really kind of take this group and burst through the door and win the division for me. Um, it was absolutely ridiculous the way they couldn't beat the Jags last year to get into the playoffs. Um, I'm not surprised they moved off Carson Wentz. I was surprised they moved Matt Ryan in. Um, it's a very short-term deal, obviously, with him being in his late 30s. But he's, he's not Tom Brady. Um, but, oh, you know, he's not I, Tom Brady. I <laughs> can guarantee that. Never for me, a true word been said. For me, for me, the Colts are that team that uh, could very well take the Titans' crown in this division. Okay. I disagree, if I'm honest. I think if I'm playing against them, um, I'm stuffing the box and stop it and committing to stopping the run and going one on one for one on receivers. Uh, Michael Pittman is their number one when he's actually number two. Paris Campbell is talented but as flat to deceive. Um, and their best tight end now that Doyle has gone is Moelle Cox, who again is a fine number two tight end. I'll go one for one on man coverage, play single high safety, and stuff the box. And I think you neutralize them. Well, they drafted Alec Pierce from Cincinnati at wide receiver and Jelani Woods from Virginia at tight end. Both pretty exciting prospects. But the prospects, first year. The prospects. I, 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 would, I would trust any corner that I've got or any corner that, you know, in any of our teams that I've got to go one on one with with rookie tight ends and rookie wide, wide receivers. You know they're in a division with the Jaguars and the Texans, yeah? Okay, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and talking of talk the Texans, <laughs> we move on to the third team, finished 4-13 and 13 last year with Deshaun Watson finally out of their hair, mostly. The Texans were able to take all the Browns draft picks and start using them to rebuild their team. They didn't need the Browns to have the number three overall pick. They got that on their own. Derek Stingley could be a Hall of Famer if he fulfills his promise. They smashed the rest of the draft too, thanks to GM Nick Casario, taking control and certain other people out of the building, having less influence, which <coughs> used to be. Uh, David Cully was hung out to dry despite overperforming as a first-time head coach. At least he's getting paid for it and hopefully getting a shot somewhere else. Lovey Smith is promoted from DC, despite the rumours that owner Cal McNair wanted ex-QB Josh McCown to be the head coach despite zero coaching experience. There's been a massive turnaround, as is normal for a team picking top three. But the only big loss really was safety Justin Reed going to the Chiefs. Um, as I said, very good draft. Dave, what are we thinking about the Texans this year? I think for them, it's just about development. Um, they have an enormous amount of dead cap, um, if I'm honest. Uh, I think what we'll, what we'll basically do, is, what, what we'll see, I mean, 30% of their cap space is in dead money of players who have left which when you're doing a clear out is not that surprising um i, I as long as they improve that's all that matters derek stinley's come in he's the first round pick this year he's the third highest pair third highest paid player on their roster 
you know, they, they have an opportunity to um, to improve in free agency and in the draft in coming years because they're going to have a million different picks. I don't think this year matters all that much. Just develop it and don't embarrass yourself. Just, I think it's the start of a movement for them. If they if they come in and just do the right things and do them in the right way, if you you know what I mean by when I'm saying that, just don't be rash. Don't go signing running backs from Arizona that are over the hill and just just buy the right players and get get the right personnel in. And you'll be fine. It's just about development. That's all it is. I agree. This is year zero for the Texans. Yeah, um, that's, that's got the best. That's it. Year zero. That's, that's they, the way they, look at. They've got the distraction out the building. Um, they can concentrate on football. I personally really like Davis Mills. I think he played well last season in, right. in yeah. bits and pieces. So, you know, I'm not too worried about the quarterback. Obviously, they're lacking everywhere else. If three or four of these rookies can really step up and, and make a difference for them, then they're going to win more games than last season. Um, but yeah, this is this is year zero. They're better than some of the teams in the NFL, if I'm honest. Um, and they're, you know, they're really just going to play the games and get better. And like you said, Dave, just gain some experience. And if Derek Stingley's not fit this season, just rest him. Just yeah. Is they there, have made, no to, no before we move on, team. they've made a move that is very important to at least one third of the final down team. They've signed Anjanovic on a one-year yeah. $3.3 million deal. Andy so, yeah, no, <laughs> That's why it's board. important to one third of the team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> and there we go. So on to the final team in the AFC South with the number one pick. Once again, the Jags went defense with Trayvon Walker. Fingers crossed that helps them to get that Saxophone nickname back. A new head coach in Doug Pedersen. Lots of new names in the building too, as is expected from the team that finished last. Travis Etienne will be healthy in the backfield this year. More cover for Trevor Lawrence in right guard Brandon Scherf and rookie centre Luke Fortner. More targets in Christian Kirk, who came for a modest $72 million from Arizona. Evan Ingram and Zay Jones as well. The biggest changes come on defence though. Last, last offseason, the Jags signed cornerback Shaquille Griffin for $29 million guaranteed from the Seahawks. Safety Rayshon Jenkins, fifteen million, sorry, sixteen million from the Chargers. Defensive tackle Rory Robertson Harris, seven eight million from the Bears, and they traded for defensive tackle Malcolm Brown from the Patriots. This season they've continued with linebacker Folasade Alukon, twenty eight million guaranteed from the Falcons. Cornerback Darius Williams, eighteen million from the Rams. Defensive tackle Folaronsu for Takasi, twenty million from the Jets, and defensive lineman Arden Key, thirty million from the Forty ers The end result is only seventh overall pick in twenty nineteen. Josh Allen remains from the twenty twenty defense. <sighs> In charge of gelling this group is first-time defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell, who spent the past seven years working under Todd Bowles. I'm sorry, guys. It was a lot of uh, stuff to go through, but they've had so many changes in their building. After time's gone. Listen, I, I personally think that no <laughs> team long. has improved in the NFL as much as the Jags. Now, I, I understand it's from a low base, mm. um, but I think in every single department, they have improved across the board. And I think that they are the second best team in this division or will be the second best team in this division. Wow. Yeah. I'm not sure Bunk. I can say that. something quickly. If they kept all of the players that they did previously and just got Doug Pedersen in and that's it, that would have improved them by three or four wins immediately. And then on, with the talent that they've brought in on top of that, mm-hmm. I think it makes them a much better team. Jacksonville basically saved Trevor Lawrence's career by getting rid of Urban Meyer. So, you know, the fact that Urban Meyer is now out of the building and they've actually got a proper NFL coach will be a massive improvement. Um, 
I'm not sure they've quite got the offensive weapons in Kirk and Co. You know, Etienne's coming off a big injury. We'll see how that works out. But I mean, at running back, they've still got Robinson, who's, you know, had two. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm not saying they're going to be Chris bad, and I'm not saying they're going to be the Chicago Bears, but I think jumping them up to second best team in the division is probably a little bit no, rich I, for my I, no, liking. No, I, I think I'm not jumping. Well, I am jumping them up, but I think they've gone. They've gone ahead and and Colts have come down. So it's just that that movement, if that makes sense. All right. So you've hit over the buzzer, but I mean, we've kind of croached into the uh, overall standings then. So yeah. are, we, are we all agreed the Titans probably win the division? Dave, are you no, think maybe it's the Colts? So. No, no, no. I, I think so. I think it's the Colts. All right. So the point thinks it's the Colts. I think it's the Titans. Dave thinks it's the Titans. Yeah. And it's just a, it's one of those divisions, isn't it? It's kind of, Teams can go from bottom to top very quickly. We've seen it yep. with Houston. We've seen it with Jacksonville. You know, these teams don't like to be consistent. Um, and it's kind of been strange that the Titans have had a couple of years now, I think based on some of their kind of key players that have allowed them to stay near the top or at the top of the division. Um, I've still, I think, got the Jags finishing bottom. As much as I no, don't I, want to. I, 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 think I Jags... have the Texans bottom. I yeah. have the Jags third. I have the Titans second. And I have the Colts first. Yeah, I've got the I've got Houston much more competitive. They're still with a losing record, but only just. So. Yeah. And with that, <laughs> what more do you want? Stunned silence. <laughs> I'm glad you all agree. So let's move on then to the AFC East, and the team that finished top of the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills. They may have lost out to the Chiefs in the playoffs, but the feeling coming out of Buffalo is that they're just ready to go all the way this time. The big move was to bring over two-time Super Bowl champion Von Miller to put some more threat into the front seven. Miller signed a six-year, $120 million salary with almost half of that guaranteed, followed by moves for Daquan Jones, Tim Settle, and Jordan Phillips, making way of Harrison Phillips, Mario Addison, Effie Abada, and Vernon Butler. Roger Saffold's been brought in to further protect Josh Allen, but Saffold's recovering from broken ribs after the car crash at the start of training camp. More additions came with uh, receivers Jamison Crowder, Tavon Austin, and tight end OJ Howard. Duke Johnson is added to the unused running back group. Punk... How are you feeling yes. about the Bills? I'm very high on the Bills. I was very high on the Bills last season. So, were. Weren't the, they your Super Bowl? They were team? my Super Bowl pick last season. <laughs> and they nearly got there. They nearly hmm. got there. Um, I think this year, the big thing for me is that the Bills have improved their defense. Uh, the offense pretty much takes care of itself. Josh Allen is, I would say, definitely in the top two maybe three quarterbacks in the league. Um, I'm not arguing with anyone about it, which number he actually should be at, but, you know, he's there. Um, this team should, in my opinion, be aiming for Super Bowl. Um, they, they've, they've probably got the best, uh, most well-rounded roster in the league. Um, I think they're as strong on defense as they are on offense. Um, and let's be honest, in this division this season, they shouldn't have too many problems. Yeah, pressure's on. Simple as that. Pressure's on that they've been working towards this season with this roster for so long. Now they've got to go and prove it. Simple as that. A little bit they, worried about they, the corners. Davis White, I don't think he's going to be starting week one. Um, because they've still got Tyron Johnson, who's a good, who would be classified as a good starting corner on most teams. But it's not uh, about how they you, draft how, a Kyrie Lam as well. Yeah, it, I mean, obviously injuries play a part throughout the season. This is the NFL. You know, every team gets injuries. But for the Bills and the division they're in, 
yeah, they they they're going to be able to lose two or three games and and not worry about it. So you know, I don't think not having players first couple of weeks of the season is actually that big a deal for them. It might be for the media because they'll suddenly jump on it and go, "What's wrong with the Buffalo Bills?" But you know, I think I think the Bills are somewhat ostracised from the national media, though. You know, teams like the Cowboys and and things like that. You know, they live in the media. How often do you turn on NFL shows and hear about the Bills, even though they're one of the best teams in the league? They're kind well, of insulated from it, so I don't think it matters a great deal. Yeah, no, I I agree with that to a degree. I mean, you've always got your you know superstar teams and your media living teams, but um, yeah, people will buzzer. talk about the Bills this season and with good reason. We must stop because we've been over three minutes and we're on to the team that finished second in the division, the Miami Dolphins. Miami have a few big moves in the offseason. The big one off the field was that Sam Frano, offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel, has been given his first shot as a head coach. The big one on the field was trading five picks to Kansas City to bring Tyreek Hill into the Hard Rock Stadium to partner Jalen Waddell. They weren't quite in for agency too. Teron Armstead is the new left tackle on a $75 million deal from the Saints. Connor Williams at centre from the Cowboys. Another Cowboy wide receiver, Cedric Wilson. Gives a further solid receiving option to Tunga Vailoa. Trent Sherfield followed his old boss and Mosin, who continued his tour of AFC East teams. McDaniels also signed running backs Chase Edmonds, Sony Michelle and Philip Lindsay. Owen Melvin Ingram's also uh, joining the front seven for a one-year deal. Teddy Bridgewater's new backup QB. The Dolphins surprised everyone, really. A massive turnaround in their their, um, their record. It ended 4-1 and one their last five games uh, and made it into the playoffs. What are we thinking about the Dolphins this year? Dave? That Dolphins run was predicated on beating crap teams. Last year, for, for the majority of the season, they beat the bad teams. Punk, you said this all the way throughout the season. I'll beat you. Yeah, bad everyone in front of you. And lost to the good teams. Um, I don't think the, the signing, I'm just going to call it, I don't mm. think the signing is going to make an enormous amount of difference. I think their yeah. biggest issue this year is, is how is Tua going to do? I think it's as simple as that. I do half agree with that. I think I think the interesting thing will be um, how much can the cheetah help? Can Tua get him the ball? If Tua can't get him the ball, is that because Tua's arm isn't strong enough? Or is it for other reasons? And also, can Waddle step up and actually become the receiver that all the Dolphins fans I know want him to be? Mm. Um they also he was pretty good out. last year. He was pretty yeah, good no, last he was, year. He was, which is why I think, you know, actually having Hill there will make a difference because he'll get all the double coverage and, you know, take the top off and that should leave space for Waddle to be able to operate. Now, the, the, the real big question mark for me is the backfield for this Dolphins offense because they've got like 101 running backs. No one really seems to want to do the starting job. So uh, quite where the help from is coming from for tour i'm not sure but if they get to the second half of the season that was like you know 70 percent uh completion rate and 92 qbr they'll be absolutely fine it's come back yeah. from an injury my biggest worry about tyreek isn't really that he's not gonna get the ball it's that he's seems quite deaverish since he's left kansas city and it's amazing that why why Dolphins fan is that he's going to be off unhinged a bit like um antonio you know I think no matter they're paying him so much money that it doesn't matter they'll get him the ball whether he's catching it 10 yards from and, and you know, the amount of times I saw you know him catching it in the slot and running 30 yards if, yeah that's not what he wants like to be doing but I mean he's been doing nothing but going into going on to different people's podcasts saying that two is better than Mahomes prove it 
On to the third team then, and that is the New England Patriots. After finishing third with a 9-8 record, you might expect Bill Belichick to push on and challenge the Bills and Dolphins, but they've lost more talent this offseason than they've brought in. JC Jackson got his big payday move from the Pats to the Chargers. Carl Van Noy also joined Jackson in LA. Center Ted Karras went to Cincinnati. The only moves in were receivers Ty Montgomery and Lil Jordan Humphrey, and secondary depth with Jabril Peppers and Terrence Mitchell. But when you're taking defenders from the Giants and the Texans, are you really improving things? Typical Bill, who decided this year not to even bother with an offensive coordinator, since Josh McDaniels is in Vegas. And with his GM hat, he used his first-round pick on left guard Cole Strange from Chattanooga. He then tried his luck with drafting a receiver in Baylor's, uh, in Baylor's Tyquan Thornton. The pick that may made an impact is running back Pierre Strong, my favourite running back prospect. Last season, he rushed for 1,686 yards and 18 touchdowns. They did trade a third-round pick next year for Dolphins receiver Devontae Parker. We're also moving on for the former first-round pick, Nikhil Harry, to the Bears for a seventh-round pick in 2024. Four touchdowns in three years will get you that kind of a deal, I suppose. Trent Brown decided to sign a new contract as well with the Patriots, so the left tackle will be there for the next two years on that deal. Uh, who am I going to go to first? Punk, talk to me about... Oh, oh go on there, Dave. Talk to me about the Patriots. I, they so I know a Patriots fan. Yes, I know a Patriots fan, and I've been talking to him about his team. He's wildly optimistic. I just don't see it. I think their off-season has been confused. They have no lack of direction. They're doing the exact opposite of what I said um, Houston needs to do. Houston needs to have a defined objective of this is where we need to get to and to do the right things. Um, the Patriots seem not to be doing that. We've got Matt Patricia as what well, he's not even he's not offensive coordinator. What is it? Offensive um, consultant, consultant liaison or, or some yeah. some nonsense like that. Listen, man, it looks as though you know, like when there's a man a manager or a head coach in other sports and they've got a three year deal and they have to see it out and and they just do their best to try and screw the team up. It's almost like that's what's happening there. They're just doing some really weird <laughs> and everyone can see what direction they need to go in and they're just not doing it. It's odd. I I don't know what the patriots are currently yeah. Yeah, i i i don't think that mac jones is a terrible quarterback i don't think I mean, he's, he's a great quarterback i do worry that he has joe judge and Matt patricia as <laughs> his top offensive uh minds in the in mm. the team um you know they don't really have much at receiver if you look at Devonte parker jacoby myers nelson Aguilar, it's you know, there's there's no one that's standing out there and going, yes, that's his go-to guy. I don't really know what to make of them, to be honest. You know, I mean, they brought in Jabril Peppers, didn't they? Malcolm Butler's back, but... Is he? I thought I, he might have gone again. Is he gone again? I think he's going to miss that one. <laughs> yeah, I would, is, I would assume is, he's is not he gone play. again. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But then that, that kind of makes sense with the Patriots this season for me, or certainly this off-season. I don't know what they are. I don't know really how many games they're going to win and they're just a bit confusing yeah so let's move on to the last team then that was the new york jets it was a new head coach and quarterback for the but the same story for the jets last year a 4 and 13 record but the seeds are there for the jets to make progress gm joe douglas is in his fourth year with the team and has been hitting winners consistently this year was no exception he had two first round picks and took arguably the best corner in source gardner and the best receiver in garrett wilson they then moved back in the first round for one of the best edge rushers in Jermaine Johnson the second, a move up in the second round for running back Brees Hall, who's comp as Matt Forte, and they've added high-end skill players. The big moves weren't just in the draft. They brought in Lakin Tomlinson at guard from the Niners for $40 million, DJ Reed at corner from the Seahawks, and safety Jordan Whitehead from the Bucks to replace Marcus May. Defensive end Solomon Thomas and linebacker Quan Alexander are in, as well as tight end CJ Uzama and Tyler Conklin. 
The only big loss aside from Marcus May was defensive tackle Fole Futakasi, who went down to Jacksonville. One horrible bit of news for the Jets was former first-round pick tackle Mekai Becton suffered yet another knee injury in practice, and MRIs have not been positive for a quick recovery. Becton's only started 14 out of 33 games in the last two seasons, including six games he didn't finish. So the Jets have picked up left tackle Dwayne Brown as cover for Becton on a two-year, $22 million deal. Um, not bad as cover. Um, as being it's available. very good. Sen- no. Sensible thing to do, to be honest. Um, Becton's obviously, although a very good player, very injury-prone. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they got away from him as quickly as they could. No. Um, Jets, Jets are an interesting one to me. I, I loved their draft after, you know, talking to you guys and so on and so forth. Um, I think I think what they've done is exciting. I think it's interesting. Um, what I don't want them to do is get ahead of themselves and start thinking, you know, pushing for the playoffs and this, that, and the other. I think I think very much like the the Texans and the Jags, they're kind of they're probably one level above where the Texans are. They've had that year zero. They now need to move into year one, two, three, and actually put these pieces together and start building something. And I think they can start doing that. You know, Garrett Wilson looks good. Source Gardner, I think it's going to be fun to watch, if nothing else. Um, yeah, they're, they're making the right noises. It's just, will it all come together? Um, I think they'll, they'll win more games than last year, though, without a doubt. I think they've got a lot of talent. Um but it just feels like one of those flashy boxers who, you know, everything's great on the surface, but when you get down and dirty and they've got someone who in against them who's an old wily pro, they, they haven't got enough to win. I think that's the problem. There's just not enough, um, you know, the, the line of scrimmage. And yeah, yeah. it's going to help with having guys like Quan Alexander coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, I think they're, they're still in a transitional phase without doubt. Um, and they just need a bit more. Uh, but it's about patience. The ownership needs to have patience. Perfect. And on that note, we should have a quick uh, review then of the AFC East. Do we see anything different in the no. final positions for these four teams? Nope. I think it's no, the same. I think it's exactly the same. Bills, Dolphins. Actually, no, no, no. Patriots, I, the way the Patriots are, Jags, the way that the Patriots are Jets. going about things, I think there's a good chance the Jets could overtake them if there's mm. going to be any swap around. That's yeah, that's, that's the only area. Around, yeah. I, I I do think that I'm still not so I'm think, not brave enough to go for Jets over Patriots. The Patriots I think that's where they could the be. The Patriots swap. will come down a couple of games. The Jets will come up a couple of games. What did what was the gap last? They might year? not flip. It's probably five or six wins. I'd have thought. What did the Jets end up with last year? Three. The last year it was four and thirteen for the Jets and nine and eight for the Patriots. Yeah, so it's five five games. So okay, and with that we then move on to the final division. And some would say the worst in the AFC, but they might be wrong. And <laughs> the worst in the, the AFC, this, this yep. might just be the best division in the NFL. Let's start in then the with the best the team in the best division, then, if that's your, your reasoning. The Kansas City Chiefs, they may have signed up the AFC West for the sixth year in a row, but the Chiefs did get stung but for the second time in the season by the Bengals in the championship game in Arrowhead. The Chiefs realise that there's a genuine competition now in their conference and in the division to not make this a cakewalk. So the big move of letting Tyreek Hill go to Miami will make many feel that the Chiefs are more vulnerable this year. Other starters that have been left, uh, have left, sorry, include Tyron Matthew, corner Chavarius Ward, receiver Byron Pringle, edge Melvin Ingram, guard Austin Blythe, defensive tackle Jerome Reed, and running back Darrell Williams. Lucky for the Chiefs, they took steps to replace all these issues. 
Two first-round picks were used on corner Trent McDuffie and edge George Karloftis. Receiver Sky Moore was a potential steal in the second round. Houston fans are still crying that safety Justin Reed isn't with them anymore. Solid receiver starters in Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Juju Smith-Schuster are new options for Mahomes. Ronald Jones is a good running back addition. They've also picked up Carlos Dunlap on the D-line. Although I think they might have just got rid of Ronald Jones. I think the latest thing is he's gone. Either way, doesn't matter. They finished 12-5. and five. Dave, what are they doing this year? Um, I think their season is dependent in a weird way on how they start. They start the season um, against the Cardinals away. Then they play the Chargers, who are, you know, the potential to be a very good team. We'll talk about those later. The Colts, depending on who you listen to, are they a decent team? Then they've got the Bucks, the Raiders, the Bills, the 49ers, the Titans. That's a that's a really Jags. tough opening. Oh, sorry. That's a really <laughs> tough opening. Yeah. I stopped. So don't worry. I stopped. Potentially. Um, <laughs> so, and then, well, after the Jags, they've then got the Chargers and the Rams. And then the Bengals. And the Bengals. If, yeah. Yeah, if, the they, if, if they don't, if they're not, because we've seen them start seasons badly previously. Yeah, they can't do it again. It, 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 yeah, they can't do it again because then they're in real trouble. Especially in this division, yes. this season. Um, I agree. I, I'm not quite sure. Not quite sure. No, I am quite sure that Mahomes has to have an all-pro season. Now, I know you're going to sit there and say, but he's done that every year for the last how many years he's been in the league. I don't think he was an all-pro last year. The difference this year is that he doesn't have Hill and, I mean, he's still got Kelsey, but it's an aging Kelsey and so on and so forth. So he's really got to make use of these uh, receivers. From a uh, running point of view, they need to sort that out. Absolutely. If they're, if they're really, really going to threaten this season, they have to have a running game. They can't just be throwing it all day, every day. Um, that's not going to fly anymore. So, you know, it's it's an interesting one. The Chiefs are they as good as last year? Maybe not quite in my eyes, but but you know what? They're, they're the defending me... they're the defending heavyweight champions. No one's decrowned exactly. them yet, and they still and, got the belt. So uh, exactly, and and you know, they it's definitely a show me something. Yeah, but at the moment, like you said, Dave, you know, you can't against them boys we can't keep on we can't keep doing this especially in this division it's going to be very that was a matter of seconds so we're going to talk about the team that finished second in the afc west and the appearance of <laughs> playoffs come on you're lucky i was talking about them at all all right so let's go on to the raiders then an appearance in the playoffs was a minor miracle following a drama that sat on vegas's okay. chest last season but that's what happened with a new gm in dave ziegler and a new head coach and former failed head coach josh mcdaniels the raiders looked to make a splash pre-draft and used their first two draft picks to prize Devontae Adams from Green Bay. They also switched down and got away for cornerback Rocky Sin from the Colts. Anyone worried about Ngokwe not being around to pressure the QB? The Raiders snapped up Chandler Jones from the Cardinals on a three-year, $51 million deal. Bilal Nichols from the Bears will now line up inside of Jones on that front four. Marcus Mariota went down to Atlanta to get a couple of starts. So the Raiders used a sixth-round pick uh, next year for Patriots backup Jarrett Stidham to be Derek Carr's Batman at QB. They also traded the way wide receiver Brian Edwards to the Falcons for just a fifth round pick next year. Lots of movement out in the, in the draft. Didn't have a pick until round three where they took a guard, a solid draft considering and focusing on the lines. I guess I should come to Dave first as we're talking about the Raiders. Um, <laughs> what, what do we think, Dave? I think they've improved. They've improved in many, many positions. Um, and I think that's all you need to say. You know, hopefully there's some stability this season because last year it was utter, utter madness for several reasons. Um, and I'm going to hand over to my learned friend because I think he has more 
more to say than I actually want but to. But before he does, they, please improved. don't predict 17 and 0. Please just, you know, just call oh, it. No worry bit. about that. There's no worry about that. There's no, this be 21 and 0. Come on. Not including preseason. I, I will agree completely and utterly with what you said about we could just do with a really quiet season. Yeah. Just no drama, no, you know, car wrecks, no, nothing yeah, no, no on the emails, you know, exactly. Just just nice and calm and sensible. The first player yeah. that steps out of line, you just need to find him and <laughs> get rid of him. Like any, the guy sneezes when someone's talking, that's it, you're fired. Exactly. Get you're out. done, get out. Um, look, this Raiders team is either going to go ridiculous oh, high or it's going to go ridiculous lows no but this one really is yeah Why? yeah yeah we've got, and so will next year's we, we we've got a receiving call for the ages seriously what i just heard you get hard we've got an offensive line that i'm really not sure can block anybody we've got a quarterback who's pretty much on a one-year show me deal um the defensive front seven I like. I think that's good. I think Divine Diablo had a great rookie season last year. I like Rock Yarsin. Um, mm-hmm. We've released Trayvon Mullen, which I'm really good. not too sure why. Um, <laughs> and we've released Leatherwood, which I'm sure you guys will absolutely you know, laugh at me for. But yeah, he obviously didn't fit what the coaches wanted and all the rest no. of it. Now, Josh McDaniels, the coaching staff, We've got Foster Moreau, we've got Waller. We're going to play a lot of two tight ends, I think. I think we're going to use the tight ends to uh, help bolster that offensive line. Um, I like Zaheer White. We drafted him. I think he's going to put pressure on Josh Jacobs as we didn't pick up Jacobs' fifth-year option. He's now on a contract year. Time out. And, You're out of time. You're out of time. I'm out of time. But I still think we're going to be there or thereabouts. Brilliant. So, to the third team then in the AFC West, and that's the Chargers. Despite having one of the best passing attacks in the league, the LA Chargers were not able to translate that into enough wins to grab a playoff spot. They moved quickly in the offseason, trading for Bears outside linebacker Khalil Mack. They gave up a second rounder this year, which the Bears used on safety Jaquan Brisker, and a sixth rounder next year for him. They then spent $82.5 million on corner JC Jackson from the Patriots, $24 million on Rams defensive tackle Sebastian Joseph Day, $14 million on Gi- Giants defensive tackle Austin Johnson, they also brought in older heads in linebackers Carl Van Noy and corner Bryce Callahan. They nailed their first round pick with right guard Zion Johnson, but after that, it looked like it was a bit of a struggle for them with no second round pick. Safety JT Woods is a boom or bust player from the third round. Guys, none of you like the Chargers very much, but Punk, are they going to be a proper uh, thorn in your side this year? On paper, the Chargers have the best roster in the West. The problem they've got is depth. So mm. one to eleven, they're great, but a couple of injuries, and they're going to really struggle. And they can't um, stop the run. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see what what happens there. I mean, obviously, Khalil Mack is fairly good at run stopping, so we'll was. see see how he ends up. Well, he was. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. This <laughs> is the thing with the Chargers, though. You know, Justin Herbert's at that point now where people are starting to talk about him in in MVP conversations and stuff like that. Yeah, we'll see what happens. The defense is significantly up. better. It it could just be enough to tip them over the edge of everybody else in this division, but we'll see. The O-line has to give Herbert time to release the ball, and I'm not 100% sure they can do that. The thing is, what we've, we've seen a million times that New England release, especially defensive players, 
at exactly the right time when they're over the hill. So JC Jackson, as far as I'm concerned, is coming into this season as a, as a you know as a complete, a complete bust. <laughs> yeah. So he needs to prove that he's not because we've seen it a million times. I can sum up the Chargers season in four words, and that is Chargers be Chargerish. Or the Chargers Wait, be Chargerish. <laughs> All right, now you made four words out of that. There you go. And <laughs> that is what it is. They need to not be Chargerish because they managed to blow it every single season. Not the same team, though, that was like the Phil Rivers. No, of, last, no, you would know no, who no, would throw it. Not, you know, they don't have a season, they blew it. Even last season, they blew it. They did. We, we actually mean, offered they, them the, they were the we only did, team. They were the only team who didn't make the playoffs and they had their starting QB for every game. Every other team that missed the playoffs lost, I mean, apart from the Jags, lost their starting QB at some point during the season, even the Broncos. And we offered them the tie. Who was your number? Knock the Steelers out of the the playoffs, and they decided that they didn't want to take it. So, you know, we kicked them out of the playoffs. Yeah. They're chokers. They're a bunch of chokers. That's all they are. We'll see. On to the last team. And, oh, if only the Broncos had a decent QB, they could win more than seven games, right? <laughs> well, we're about to find out after the Broncos moved all their chips into the middle of the table and traded for one Russell Wilson from the Seahawks. This offseason has been crazy for Denver. The Wilson move got done back in March. First and second round picks this year and next. They switched to fifth and a fourth and also sent three players to Seattle. QB Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant and defensive lineman Shelby Harris. We can discuss that trade in a minute, but they weren't done. Dallas's stupidity was jumped on, and outside linebacker Randy Gregory has landed on a five-year, $70 million deal. Defensive tackle DJ Jones from the Niners was taken for $30 mil. They then hit with their first four picks in the draft. Ayuma Awazarike was the Shelby Harris replacement pick, and the one they got from Seattle. He got more pressures last year than rookie defensive tackles, including Jordan Davis and Arda Bikiti. Now, they had some losses. Vic Fangio, for one as head coach, uh, replaced with the guy that used to hold Aaron Rodgers' towel, Nathaniel Hackett, as a first go-to at head coach. They also lost cornerback Kyle Fuller to Baltimore and defensive end Stephen Weatherly to Cleveland. Um, as I did with the last one, Punk, what are you thinking about the, the Broncos this year? I am a bit worried about the Broncos receiving core. Um, I really like their defense. Pat Sertain, for me, is going to be a very interesting watch. Um, and as I'm just slowly chewing up all his time... Don't do that. At the Don't do that. Going, I'll let him go for it. Well, right, let's Dave. be honest. Jim Jim took a minute on his introduction, so you know I should get an extension. <laughs> well, moves. The one, the one. If you listen to wasted twenty the seconds, media, the one thing the media does is say um, that Tom Brady went to the Bucks and won the Super Bowl in his first season. Okay. Stafford went to the Rams and won his Super Bowl in the first season. Ooh. So Matt Ryan will win it with the Colts this season. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's a lot of people no, who Marcus are in Atlanta that. We should see some kind of Super Bowl run from the Broncos. Now, first of all, there's been so many changes for the Broncos. So many. There's, as you mentioned, there's new head coaches, a complete, complete um, coaching tree change. A lot of the guys are brand new. Uh, new ownership. You know, there's a complete new ownership group come in. Everything, everything yeah. is. I mean, he owns like 0.4 of a percent, but okay, keep on drumming in on him. Um, there's been so many changes. If we can get into the playoffs, I'm I'm happy with that this season because we've been so far removed from that. I mean, you've seen you've seen you the Broncos play a number of times. We have been interesting again this to year. watch. 
we've been inter- interesting to watch, but we have not at any point looked like a playoff team. Um, so again, it's you want to see progression. But I think the, the biggest signing for us potentially is DJ Jones, because I think he can have a real impact and he's going to be freed up to play instead of a run blocker. He's going to be a, a guy who's going to be able to get real pressure through the middle. So I think he'll be a benefit for us. But Bradley Chubb has to step up. And there we go. Three minutes. Team's done. So we just need to review the AFC West and say, is there going to be any change in the final position? You know what? Yeah, Raiders, Chargers, Broncos. Anyone who's listening to this, just put four names in a hat and pick them out. Because that's genuinely the way it could go. The Raiders could win this division. The Chiefs could. The Broncos could. The Chargers could. But in any order, and anyone who says that they know is a liar. I know. Mm. You don't know. know. You're a liar. You're I a bare-faced <laughs> liar. No, no, no. I'm what? very bearded, so there's no way I'm a bare-faced liar. But <laughs> no, uh, it's a beard-faced liar. <laughs> I'll, um, no, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the order. It will be, starting from the bottom, the Broncos, yeah. the Raiders, Ooh. the Chiefs, Ooh. and the Chargers. Chargers are going to win it. Chargers, no. Chargers are going to win it. They're not. They are. They're not. Well, they're, the playing 17. they're playing 17 That's away games. That's why we play the games. Let's see. <laughs> I'm predicting Goodness three teams me. make it out of this division and not one of them I, is the Chargers. I, I, I predict I three teams make it out of here, and I think the Broncos could just about squeak in if they get lucky. I think right now, the Broncos are the weakest team. Yeah, for one, for one reason. We haven't done it yet. We haven't done anything. And there's already a lot what of... the Chargers um, done? We got we got within a kick of the ch- of the playoffs last season. That's not doing anything, though, is it? No, but it means they know what they need the to not done. Oh, right, <laughs> okay, make that kick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I d- <laughs> Listen, I, there's no way of knowing, despite what my unlearned friend tells you. There's no way of knowing what's going to happen in this division. It it's- is by far and away the best division. I've I've known in the NFL. I think every team is absolutely stacked. Mm. Any team, every team is a Monday night football game, basically. Every fixture yeah. between them. I think the Broncos have a significant advantage in that we, you know, our, our opening games are easy. We could go four and zero very easily. I do agree um, with that. I think you've got the easiest schedule out of all. Oh, hundred percent, like without even a shadow of a doubt. You, you could be three games clear of all of us by the yes. time we're going into Week Five. So, you know, it's 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 going to be very interesting. It is the best division in football. If you yep. only watch some games this season, make them AFC West games because they will be the most entertaining. And I think the key to this division might not be the stars. It might be the second string players. It's always the next man up. And whoever the next so. man up is, they've got to make the difference. I, do you know what? I, I hope the stars stay fit. I don't want to see Devontae Adams... I, kind of do want to see him get injured but I don't want to see Devontae Adams get injured I don't want to see you know how I feel about this you know what I mean I'd rather I'd rather the winner win because they because they're the best rather than just because you never want an asterisk on your your win yeah I don't want backup quarterbacks coming in and well there we go boys and girls that is the end of the podcast for the AFC preview we've done it Next year, next week, <laughs> next week we're going to do our kind of uh, predictions for things like MVP, uh, Rookie of the Year, you know, defensive and offensive, um, all those kind of awards. Uh, also, going to look a little bit more about our kind of win loss records for some of these teams, and also we're about to go and do our um, final down fantasy draft, and so we'll be talking about that as well um, because yeah, the competition increases every year, and the uh, 
the stakes get higher. So um, we're going to do your that. Your defending champion will promise to try his best to God. let you win more games this year. Thanks, Dave. Did you right. really win it last year? I like, won it by mine. Oh, I, I gave up after week four because three quarters of my team had got injured. Already, I think we cancelled so. last year for COVID. Yeah, though, I'm so, pretty sure um, we did. My count. I um, lost but, one game, I think. But guys, make sure you're checking us out at thefinaldown.com as our website. Um, also on Twitter at FinalDownNFL, at Punk underscore Raider, at DenverDave30. And if you are not already, please check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash finaldown, uh, where we're going to be releasing lots of extra information and uh, articles and things like that. All good stuff. So, yeah, we'll be doing that And it's less again. than a pint of beer. Come on. In Can't go certain wrong. parts of the country. <laughs> so, <laughs> Pretty much all so, parts of the country. In Nottingham, all... you can buy a house. <laughs> <laughs> what? For the price <laughs> of a pint of beer or our Patreon? Both. Both. <laughs> So until next week then guys, I've been Jim. That's been Denver Dave. That's been Punk Raider. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>